الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وذكر فان الذكرى تنفع المؤمنين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم احسن خلقك للناس او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مصطفى كرام برادرز اند ايلدرز احاديث اوف رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم افلد وذ ادفايس ذا قران شريف اتسلف از فلد وذ نصيحه اند ذا احاديث اوف رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم are a commentary of that nasihat of the Quran Sharif expanded in so much of detail and every bit of these gems of advice that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam gave on the various occasions every one of them is something to take deep down in our hearts and not just to be there in the heart only but obviously when it is deep down in the heart then it will get translated into action also it will become the light that will guide us it will become the means of saving ourselves from those things that become a problem for us in dunya and even more serious that becomes a problem for us in the qabr and the akhirat rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam on many occasions gave many sahaba ikram various gems of nasihat among these nasahi and these advices that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam gave one of the very great personalities among the sahaba was hazrat muaz ibn jabal radhiyallahu ta'ala and on many occasions nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam addressed him directly addressed him directly and gave him advice So today we will be discussing some of those advices that Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam directed specifically to Hazrat Muaz ibn Jabal radhiyallahu ta'ala. These advices are scattered pearls which are all in one necklace we can call it strung up together. These are complete subjects on their own. Every one of them is a total subject. And here is just the point is that we can take in this short time that we have but this is the purpose of it that each of these things is worthy of deep reflection that is what we have to be doing we hear these aspects that have been discussed in the ahadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so we have to ponder over it think deeply reflect and see that how does this apply to me if it's something to be done am i doing it if it's some quality that i should possess am i having this quality within me if it is something to leave out have i left it out this is the object and obviously these are the advices of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so every one of these things goes right down to the core of our islah on one occasion rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to hazrat muaz radhiyallahu ta'ala with great love and affection he addresses him ya muaz wallahi inni la uhibbuk this is something beyond our imagination of what would have been the impact on the heart of muaz radhiyallahu anhu when he heard this the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam is saying to him taking the qasam of allah taala wallahi inni la uhibbuk that i love you o muaz allah taala's beloved the greatest of allah taala's creation he is addressing a sahabi of his and he saying to him i love you and then as a token of this love when a person has this attachment he wants to share something so nabi sallallahu alaihi gives him a gift on this occasion now that's for us to take now he addresses him and says to him that after every salah don't ever leave out saying these kalimat making this dua لا تدعن في دبر كل صلاه تقول don't ever miss this out 
any salah. Can you imagine, number one, the prelude to this, this expression of muhabbad, and with such emphasis, Wallah, inni lauhibbuk. And then Nabi Salaam is saying, don't ever leave this with emphasis, after every salah. Don't leave out saying what? Allahumma inni ala zikrik, wa shukrik, wa husni ibadatik. Very simple words, very short, very concise. On some previous occasion we discussed this dua here. Oh Allah, help me, a'inni, help me. To do what? This is something we need to be asking for help every day, after every salah. Help me, ala zikrik. On your remembrance. The essence of zikr is obedience. Allah, help me to be obedient to you. Or shukrik, and to be grateful to you. Or husni ibadatik, and to worship you with excellence. Not just haphazardly, something came, went, with excellence. Everything in dunya we want to do with excellence. We want to make sure everything is of the best. So, Ya Allah, you help me to make your ibadat with excellence. As mentioned at the beginning, each of these things is to take to heart. A very simple dua, we probably know it already. But the question is that are we practicing on it? So this should become part of our daily routine, daily ma'mul, practice. After every salah, Allahumma inni ala zikri, with that consciousness, with that meaning in mind, reflecting upon what we are asking. Merely reading the words also is not devoid of benefits. But the full benefit will come when we are conscious of what we are asking. We are not just reciting something, we are asking it. Begging Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, you help me. A'inni. Ala zikrik. Wa shukrik. Wa husni ibadatik. So this is the one aspect that we should be now taking on from here, inshallah. Every day we make amal on this. Hazrat Ma'az ibn Jawal radiallahu ta'ala was a very prominent sahabi. He was among the sahaba ikram themselves regarded as a very great Qari, a very great Mufti among the Sahaba. And he was dispatched to Yemen by Rasulullah as a governor, as a Qazi. So he was that, on that level of ilm as well. Among the Sahaba Ikram, he had this great position. So when Nabi sent him to Yemen, Together with him was Abu Musa Ali radiallahu ta'ala an. So that occasion Rasulullah sallallahu addressed them both together. First he gave them joint advice and then he addressed Hazrat Mu'az radiallahu ta'ala an and mentioned many many things to him which some of it we will discuss now. Nabi sallallahu alayhi addressed both these sahaba, they are going to Yemen. This was very close to the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and Nabi Islam is sending them off. He's sending them for a very great task. They have to be governors of this area, vast area. And Hazrat Muaz and Hazrat Abu Musash Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, Nabi Islam addresses them and he says to them, Yassira wala tu'assira. Yassira, be easy going, make things easy. In other words, don't adopt a harsh manner don't adopt such a way that people it makes it difficult for them obviously everything within the limits of deen what is permissible, what is correct that too can sometimes be made very easy and sometimes be made very hard it's how a person goes about things how he goes about day to day life he can either make things very simple, very easy or he can make it very difficult so this is what Rasulullah is saying, Yassira wala tu'assira. And don't be difficult. Don't adopt such an approach that you make things difficult for people. Now, one is on that level where they were going to be governors of the area. But this applies in everyday life to everyone. As a person who is the head of the household, as a husband, as a father, as a person running his business with his employees in any aspect, in any category that a person may be in now this is something to reflect on, what is being expressed yassira wala tu'assira 
Make things easy, don't become difficult. Don't adopt such a manner and way that it becomes very difficult for people to now do simple things sometimes. Everything they are treading on eggshells, tiptoeing around, not sure what will come next. So, yassira wa la tu'assira. Bashira wa la tunaffira. Give glad tidings. In other words, make people happy. Keep them cheerful. At home also, keep them cheerful. Keep them happy. Keep such an environment and such an atmosphere at home that is an endearing atmosphere. Don't adopt such an attitude or such a, such a manner and approach that creates aversion. That makes people start feeling negative. That is a very wrong way to go about things. The odd occasion sometimes somebody just steps up somewhere. That can happen to anybody. But a person's constant approach is a very negative one. Everything is a issue. Everything becomes a problem. Obviously, this makes life very, very difficult for everybody. And it creates aversion. It creates negativity. It starts creating actually hatred. People start hating those who they should be loving. So this was a very deep advice and something to keep reflecting upon. And something to check within ourselves. What is our manner? How we go about things in life? Are we making things easy? Are we making things, creating a atmosphere of happiness. So this was an advice that he gave to these two sahaba. Then to take it further, Muhammad is now being sent off. So Nabi asks him that Muaz, you are going now. You are going to have to be governing over the people. They are going to come to ask you with their various issues. You are going to have to pass judgment in their matters. So, كَيْفَ تَقْدِي يَا مُعَاذ How are you going to pass judgment? From where are you going to bring the solutions? So he replied and said, I will look into the Qur'an Sharif and from the Qur'an Sharif I will extract the solution. So Nabi Islam then asked him, what if you don't find it in the Qur'an Sharif? Meaning explicitly mentioned. It's not explicitly mentioned in the Qur'an Sharif. Now for example, somebody comes up and says that he wants some guidance regarding what to do if there is a virus. But he wants it from the ayat of the Quran Sharif in explicit words. Now the virus, how should a person conduct himself if there is some plague? What should be done? What shouldn't be done? This is explained to us by Rasulullah and this is indirectly in the Quran Sharif. Indirectly in the Quran Sharif, whatever Rasulullah has given you, you take that. Whatever he has forbidden you from, refrain from it. Now somebody insists, no, I want to see the word virus in the Quran Sharif. So you see, by you are now on far off the track. Allah Ta'ala has revealed the Quran Sharif to Rasulullah, a very concise book of principles. And all the details Nabi Islam mentioned in the hadith, to the extent of the number of rakats in the Isha Salah we performed, the detail of that is on the Quran Sharif, that Isha will have four rakats. That's in the hadith of Rasulullah. That's from his amal. So, likewise, there are certain things explicitly in the Quran Sharif, certain things not explicit. But then it's in the hadith Sharif. But then there are certain new things that will come out every now and again. So Nabi Islam asked him, what if you don't find it explicitly in the Hadith Sharif? So he responded and said, Ajtahidu wala I will exhaust all my mental capacity in deriving the solution in the light of the Quran and Sunnah. And I will bring out the solution from there. This is what is the aspect that is called fiqh, which the fuqaha have done. And when Nabi Islam heard this answer, he became elated. He became extremely happy. He tapped him on his chest and he said, Alhamdulillahilladhi waffaqa rasoola rasoolillah lima yurdi rasoolallah. Nabi Islam became so excited about this answer, he tapped him as a gesture of acknowledgement. And then he says, Alhamdulillah, all praise due to Allah Ta'ala who granted the 
messenger of the messenger of Allah Ta'ala. Because Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is sending him off now. So he is the messenger of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Granted the messenger of the messenger of Allah Ta'ala. The tawfiq of doing that which pleases the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. But now this is not everybody's job. This is the job of that person who has that depth of knowledge. So what the fuqaha have done, who Allah Ta'ala blessed with that deep insight, with that expertise in knowledge, with that very high level of taqwa and piety, and with that taqwa and piety, and that expertise in knowledge, and that insight and depth that they had, they codified the laws from the Quran and Sunnah. So there are people who then claim that, no, there's no need to go into all this, the fiqh, etc. is not for us. We must go directly to the Quran and Sunnah. They are negating this, what Rasulullah himself acknowledged. That this will have to be done. So in any case, Nabi became very happy with him on this reply and answer. And this is a lesson for us, that we have to hold on very firmly to the fuqaha. Because Nabi told him, the people will come to you. You have that capacity. You will have to find the solution for them. Everybody doesn't have that capacity. Not for everybody to go inside to start looking through the law books to find out now what is the... He's got a high court case. So now he's opening the law books. Now he's got a case in the high court. But he insists, I'm not going to go to an advocate. I'm not going to go to any attorney. I'll check the law books myself. So somebody who has... Who comes to know about it, they'll tell you rather... Just forget about the case and just hand yourself over. That's fine, you're done with it. Whatever but they want to guilty verdict, they must give it to you directly. How are you going to be able to understand the law when you don't have that knowledge? You want to build your house yourself, you say, I'm not going to consult any engineer. I'll build it myself. That become your cover, right? So everything you need to go to the experts. So likewise for deen, the person has to go to the experts. It's not everybody's job to just dig out anything from anywhere and say, well, I will find my own way through. He will find his way to, dis- to destruction. He will find his way to deviation. Then nevertheless taking it further, Muazzad is now ready to leave. So Nabi Islam gives him some advice further. Now this is a very momentous occasion. He has been sent off to Yemen. And as we will understand this now, Nabi Islam not just gives him some vague indication, he spells it out to him. That this is our very last meeting. We are not going to meet each other after this. And now in this situation, he's been sent off. There's going to be no further meeting. So the advice that is going to be given here, each one is a selection. It's very comprehensive. It deals with the most core issues. So Rasulullah says to him, Ya Mu'az, Usika bi Allah. Number one, Usika, wasiyat. You all heard the word wasiyat. Wasiyat is used when normally the person who is passing away. Now he has written some wasiyat. Or he written, wrote it beforehand to be applicable at the time of his death. Or after he passes away. So now something very emphasized. Must happen, must be done like this. Nabi Islam is using that word. Usik. I am giving you wasiyat. My very emphasized advice to you. Number one, Allah. To adopt taqwa. The month of Ramadan is coming. The whole theme of the month of Ramadan is about taqwa. Everything revolves around taqwa in our lives. That is why the whole month of Ramadan is focused towards enhancing that taqwa. Developing that taqwa so the rest of the year it carries us through. So here again the same, because everything is encompassed in this. Taqwa is a relationship with Allah Ta'ala. Where a person now becomes totally immersed in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. So this taqwa is that relationship. So the first thing Nabi Islam says to him, that adopt this taqwa. Then was Sidqil Hadith. Always speak the truth. Always speak the truth. Many a times, a lot of things are said which are completely false, completely untrue. And person makes some kind of explanation in his mind that why that was okay too. Why that too was fine. Whereas it's completely false. And then that becomes such a habit 
One is just in some conversation between people or whatever. That is already bad enough. Then a person starts using the same thing, for example, in his transactions. He's selling something, he's buying something. Now he's saying something which is untrue. Which is a deception. So now when he conducted that transaction in that manner, by speaking some untruths, by speaking something that tantamounts to a deception. Now because this became a habit, this actually starts becoming a habit. In one hadith, Rasulullah says, وَإِنَّ الرَّجُلَ لَيَكْذِبُ حَتَّى يُكْتَبَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ كَذَّابًا A person speaks a lie, and that opens the door to now speaking another lie, and then that starts becoming a habit. And then even when there's, one is there was some so-called situation that doesn't justify lying. But this becomes such a habit that even there's no situation to it. It just starts becoming an, a first nature of the person. Maybe Islam says he lies and lies and lies to the point when he becomes recorded in the court of Allah Ta'ala as a complete liar. Hatta gets recorded in the court of Allah Ta'ala as a total liar. In the ahadith that describe the various incidents that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was shown <coughs> about the akhirat. One of the incidents where he came past this place and a person was lying down and another person standing on his side with a hook and then he's tearing one cheek right up to the ear. Obviously excruciating pain the person is screaming and shouting and then when this whole cheek has been torn, he comes to the other end. And then as he's tearing that apart, the first side comes back to normal. So then he comes back on the right and then the left. It's a continuous thing. Later on Rasulullah asked those angels who were taking him to see all this, that what is the meaning of this? That this is a person who used to lie in dunya. This is azab. That he carried on lying until those lies spread far and wide. Nowadays in the press of a button, a person is spreading those lies to distant parts of the world. One press of the button, and he is conveying sometimes other people's lies, he becomes party to it. In one hadith, Rasulullah says, Kafabil mar'i kaziban, that it's sufficient for a person to become a liar. That he just relates anything and everything that he hears. Whatever he heard, no verification. He has no idea whether it's true or not. He heard it from somebody. Somebody said something about a third person. He conveyed it to somebody else. If it's a lie, he is also a liar. Then he says, but I didn't know whether... But I just heard it from somebody. That doesn't make anything... Uh, remove the sin... Doesn't take the person out of the lie. Nabi Islam says that too is sufficient to declare him a liar. So, Sidqil Hadith, always to speak the truth. Then, Wafa'il Ahd, to fulfill the promises, fulfill the pledges. A mu'min, a mu'min's word, that is his honor. And this was such a common thing years ago, meaning not too many years ago. Many elder people. Elderly people speak about those times when a Muslim could walk into any place and ask for something on credit or want to have an account opened or something with some merchant or whatever the case might be and meaning a non-Muslim person also. He is going to ask for this account to be opened at a non-Muslim person's place. But that Muslim came, that was sufficient. He is saying, look, I will pay within certain time. His word was his honor. That was sufficient. They didn't need any signing on the dotted line. And now after all the signing on the dotted lines and witnesses and whatever other guarantees and everything, still the person finds some loophole in some fine print to still try and deceive somebody. So fulfilling the pledges, this is a very, very great thing and this is what Nabi Islam on this occasion is highlighting. That you are going as a governor, ensure you fulfill the pledges and promises. Wa'adail amana. Fulfilling the trusts. Any trust must never be betrayed. One is material trust, somebody kept something in trust with us. That must never ever be misappropriated in any way. Things of trust, community things, whatever other things that are of a nature of a trust, 
inheritance, somebody is now uh, the executor of an estate, and all those things are in his uh, control, that's a trust, it's an amanat. person is in a partnership, he is running that partnership, that partnership is not entirely his, he's a partner only, so it's amanat. all these various different situations that become amanat. So Rasulullah is highlighting, ensure that you fulfill the amanat or tarkil khiyana and totally leave out any khiyanat. Don't ever get involved in any khiyanat. Not fulfilling amanat becomes khiyanat. So don't ever allow any khiyanat to come in. Then warahmatil yateem. Be very compassionate and kind to the orphan. That, that orphan now is very close to Allah Ta'ala. You show your compassion. And you'll become close to Allah Ta'ala. There's one incident in the kitab, one incident of one great alim and sheikh of his time. This is many centuries back. So, one person came to him and he said, look, I have a problem. What's the problem? He says, the, the person in charge of the area where I live in, he has sort of usurped my land all my crops and now this is what I survive on my family survives on this he's made some issue and he said look you're not allowed to you will not take your crop this time this crop will all be taken away by the state and I need to get this message to the Khalifa to the king that look this is what happened to me this person now is oppressing me so this Buzrug was his his murid his Khalifa his Khalifa was the Sheikh of the King. The King was the Murid of his Khalifa. Now when he, this person came to him, so now one option was to inform that Khalifa of his, look this person got a problem, the King after is your Murid, so you just sort it out for him. So he told him, <coughs> first he asked him, what, how you want to get it sorted out? He said, the only way is that the King has to come to know about this. So he said, okay, I'll come with you. That was a distance to travel. He said, I'll come with you. Now, he was a very, very senior person. He didn't inform anybody he's coming. As they came closer to the city, somehow somebody saw him coming along. And they were informed, he's Khalifa, this is, Sheikh is coming. So Khalifa went and informed the king. That look, it seems like he's coming, he's coming to you. But he didn't inform you that he's coming. The king had a very high regard for him. So he came out of the city with all his and Tuaraj to come and welcome the Sheikh. And now when he came along, now he's coming along with this poor person. He asked him after meeting him with a lot of honor, a lot of respect, and he's saying that you have come all the way, what brought you here? Some, something has come up, there's some work, some need. So he says, no, this person has got this problem. So he says, this person got this problem, you came all the way from there, you should have sent me a message, I would have come. In other words, if you are calling, if you are calling, I would have come. So the Sheikh replied, that this person when he came, so he must have been some pious person as well, that poor person. He says he was a person in need at that time. And he was broken hearted because of his situation. And at that time he was so close to Allah Ta'ala, that I saw my servitude being accepted by accompanying him. I could have sent him along with a little note. But I felt that in accompanying him, I stand a chance of getting accepted in the court of Allah. I have come as a gesture of servitude. I have come for nothing else. Now sometimes these things look like very, very, just by the way, ordinary, no real issue in it, just something by the way. But we don't know what is hidden behind some things. And especially in these kind of situations, Allah knows best what, what is behind it. So therefore, وَرَحْمَةِ الْيَتِيمِ Showing kindness, compassion to the orphans. وَحِفْزِ jiwar, Being kind to your neighbor. Being good to your neighbor. So much of emphasis in the ahadith about this. Then وَكَوْمِ الْغَيْزِ Nabi Islam is giving all these advices to Muaz And he's sending him off now. This is the last time they're going to see each other. And he's giving him each of these advices is a subject on its own. Suppressing your anger. This is unfortunately one of the biggest problems. Everybody 
it's like a kind of just a like how a person says I got a flu, somebody says I'm got a cold, somebody says that you know man I got a headache, and every other person says I got an anger problem. So it's like this, like now one of those things, like a headache now. So now you got a headache now, you're supposed to be excused because you got a headache. You got a flu now, you're supposed to be excused now. It's a flu. What can you do about it? Now it's a flu. So now I got an anger problem. So now it's like a problem now. It's like a flu now. So you just got to accept it now that I got an anger problem. So everybody else has to just be at edge all the time and just be at tenter hooks that we don't know what next. Because now this person got an anger problem. Like a person like with a flu now, what can he do? No, no, no. It's all what we have to do. Nabi Islam is saying, Suppressing the anger. Anger coming up in a person is not in his control. But suppressing the anger is in his control. Allah Ta'ala has given that ability to every person. If that ability wasn't there, Allah Ta'ala wouldn't speak so highly of وَالْكَاظِمِينَ al-ghayz. That these are the muttaqeen and who will get this vast jannat among the qualities is that they suppress their anger. وَالْكَاظِمِينَ al-ghayz. وَالْكَاظِمِينَ al-ghayz. Then وَلِينِ kalam Talking gently, talk gently to people. Talk in soft words. Be very gentle in your speech. Now, many a times with strangers, with strangers all these things become like normal with us. Person will control his anger, he'll speak very sweetly, and sometimes so sweetly where he's not supposed to speak sweetly at all. But they are speaking very sweetly. But where he is supposed to be speaking sweetly at home, there suddenly all the sweetness is gone. Then all the bitterness and sourness and everything is at home. So, this unfortunately is often just practiced where there's all strangers, then it's practiced. But with those who we have to practice it first, with those at home, with our own parents, with our wives, our children, others around us, our employees, they suddenly all forgotten. So this is being highlighted, Walini al-Kalam, or Bazil salam making salam to everybody, making salam common. This is another advice that Rasulullah gave. Then going further, Nabi Islam, these were all the various things that pertain to interaction with others. And dealing with others, talking in gentle words, talking gently, making salam to everybody, all the various other aspects. This is pertaining to interaction with others. But then Nabi Islam says to him certain things that pertain to him personally. That was a lesson for us. We have to reflect on this. It says, وَحُبِّ الْآخِرَةِ Love the Akhirat. Meaning the love of dunya must not be there. Use the dunya. Don't love it. The heart must be attached to Akhirat. Dunya must be in the hands, in the pocket, no problem. Not in the heart. The heart, the heart is for Allah Ta'ala. The heart attached to Akhirat. وَالْجَزَعِ مِنَ الْحِسَابِ And be very concerned about the accountability on the day of Qiyamah. Be afraid of it. The person who is afraid about standing on the day of Qiyamah and giving an account of his deeds, that's the person who will stay away from all the haram. That's the person who will be concerned about that what is he looking on his phone? What is he listening to? What is his eyes looking at? What is he, he deliberately harboring in his heart? These are things which are very subtle sometimes. But Allah Ta'ala is aware of whatever is in the depths of the heart also. Allah Ta'ala is aware. Can't hide it from Allah Ta'ala. And these are the things to work on. Many a times, mashallah, certain facets of deen, certain aspects of deen, we are very conscious about, very punctual on. But then Allah forbid sometimes there are some dark corners. There are some dark corners which we are not wanting to clear out. Bring the light on there as well. So now that person is just content with that. Well, this one dark corner in my life is alright. But clearing out that dark corner is then that only obstacle sometimes in getting to Allah Ta'ala. In connecting oneself to Allah Ta'ala. Allah, the person has got so many things already in place. But he's not prepared to let go of this dark corner. But Allah forbid, persisting on that, that dark corner, that darkness starts sometimes spreading then. So first it was one dark corner, and then it becomes a whole dark room, and then it starts darkening the whole house. 
the darkness spreads. Then when the darkness has engulfed the heart, then Allah forbid things just go in a nosedive. So the very important thing is to clear the dark corner out. That dark part of our life. To sort that out. So while jaza'i min al-hisab, the person who keeps this in front of him, that my life could just suddenly go any moment. Now all these are the things to reflect on. To surround, give time to think about this. And to think about it daily. What will be my condition in the qabr? What will be my condition on the day of qiyamah? How am I going to account for my deeds? وَقِصَرِ amal And lessening your hopes, long long hopes, these long long hopes of dunya, they make a person bold on many things, many things which cross the line. Now he becomes very bold, because now I still got long hopes. So it will take another 50 years before I get in a problem. So I rather just carry on now, later on we'll see. These long hopes of dunya are very detrimental. There's no harm in planning for the sake of certain uh, arrangements, etc. A person has some plans of, he needs to do this, need to do that. But now he's got a 50 year plan, and sometimes there's a 100 year plan. That is a long, long hopes, all these long, long things. The life is sometimes just barely there, and the hopes are running till miles away. So that's what we are warned about, that this should not be the case. husnil amal. And perfect your actions. Perfect your actions. Keep working towards that perfection. We'll never become perfect. But that's the target. But the more the person keeps trying to reach the target, he will keep progressing. And as long as he is progressing in this way, making that effort, in that last moment of life, Allah Ta'ala will take his ruh in a way that inshallah, in that one moment he'll be taken to perfection. Perfection of iman. So husnil amal. Then further Rasulullah Sallallahu addresses him and says, Ya Mu'az, Uzkurillah inda kulli shajarin wa hajar. Literally translated, remember Allah Ta'ala by every stone and tree, meaning at every spot, constantly be in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Constantly be in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Hazrat Mu'az, just as he was now about to now leave, depart, he asked Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam at that time, what is the action that is most beloved to Allah Ta'ala? The action that is most beloved to Allah Ta'ala. Nabi Sallallahu said to him, Antamuta walisanuka ratbum min zikrillah. The most beloved is that your life finishes off in such a manner, you pass away in a condition that your tongue is moist with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Now when that will happen, how the person lives, that is how he will live. Now his life continued on the zikr of Allah Ta'ala on the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, then he will live his life accordingly. Because he's engaged in Allah Ta'ala's remembrance, he'll live Allah Ta'ala's remembrance. Hardam, Allah, Allah kar, noor se apna sina bar. All the time keep saying Allah, Allah, verbally, in action, remember Allah Ta'ala, and fill your heart with this noor. Now when this kafiyat of zikr, this noor of zikr will now permeate the heart. And this kafiyat of zikr, this effect and the condition of zikr, when this will overcome the heart, and it will overcome all the other conditions of the heart, there's negative conditions that afflict the heart. For example, pride is a condition of the heart. Pride is inside. It manifests itself outside. It comes out in the form of the person's words, what kind of words he speaks, his manner of speech, his actions, but it's inside the heart. That's where it comes out from. Hasad, having jealousy, harboring malice, all these things are conditions of the heart. So the zikr of Allah Ta'ala must overpower everything. And it must crush everything else, all the negative things. So, hardam Allah Allah kar, noor se apna sina bar. Now when that will become the condition, that now the condition of zikr has overcome his heart. So now if he will live, he will live for Allah Ta'ala alone. And he will die, he will die on the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Jiye, to uska hokar ji. Mare, to uska hokar mar. Every moment of his life is now in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. And he lives, he lives for Allah Ta'ala. He dies, he dies for Allah Ta'ala. And on the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. So this is that message Hazrat Mu'az radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Nabi Islam gave him, be constantly in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. 
This remembrance is the verbal remembrance, is this consciousness, this remembrance of this, this muraqabai ihsani. Person all the time keep thinking and pondering. My Allah is watching. Allah is looking at me. And Allah is looking at me with love. We repeatedly bringing this to hearts. Allah is watching me. And Allah Ta'ala obviously has love for this banda. Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with iman after all. So obviously Allah Ta'ala's gaze of rahmat is on the person. If Allah Ta'ala shifts his gaze of rahmat for the fraction of a moment, we can't exist. But now to keep bringing that to heart and mind, to the point that, that now that muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala settles in the heart, this is all included in the dhikr. This pondering, this reflecting. So this too, Nabi Islam said to him, Remember Allah Ta'ala in every condition, If you slip up, immediately make tawbah. Don't leave it for another moment. That another moment might be too late. Later, might be too late, that later might never come. Insan is insan, he can sometimes slip somewhere. If he slips a hundred times, make tawbah immediately a hundred times. And Allah forbid if he slipped that hundred time too, but if he immediately made toba, and if that came, he'll go clean. The toba must be genuine, but with a firm intention that this is it. What the future holds, that mustn't be looked at now. But that toba must be genuine. So this is what the advice Nabi Islam gave. But then a very important aspect again: this toba must be made asirru bisir wal alaniyatu bil alaniya. That if something was done secretly, meaning a person made a mistake, he committed some wrong secretly, then repent secretly. But if that wrong was done publicly, then that toba must also be done publicly. Now many a times, people in their ghaflat, in their jahalat, in their ignorance, or in their unmindfulness, they've done things publicly, splashed it all over social media themselves, did the wrong, and then flushed it all over social media. Now afterwards the person comes to the realization, some thought comes to mind that what am I up to? I should make toba from this kind of actions. So he made toba, that retraction must happen on that public platform as well. That this wrong that I did, and I did it publicly, I have now made toba from this. So that toba must be according to how the sin was. The sin was secret, do it between yourself and Allah Ta'ala. But it happened in front of the whole world. A person had the habit of speaking vulgarities. So now in front of his friends, in front of his colleagues, or his staff, or whoever else. Ongoing problem, ongoing issue, all the time speaking vulgarities. Now that realization came, he made toba. But now this was done in the presence of people. So those who were witness to his sin must become witness to his toba also. So that public toba must be necess- is necessary for that. Then, among the last advices that Nabi Salaam gave him, إِيَّاكَ وَالتَّنَعْمُ فَإِنَّ عِبَادَ اللَّهِ لَيْسُوا بِالْمُتَنَعْمِينَ Ramaz, beware of hankering after luxuries. Don't make luxuries your object. Comforts and luxuries of dunya, don't make that your focus. Because the true servants of Allah Ta'ala don't hang out the luxuries and comforts. Something Allah Ta'ala has blessed without a person making that his focus of life in a reasonable limit, no problem. Allah Ta'ala hasn't forbidden us from that. But that is not the object of life. That is not the purpose from day to morning to evening that that is what a person has to strive for, to amass for the luxuries and comforts of life. Because that, there's no limit to it. There is never an end point. And there's always somebody else who's done something better than us. So now that becomes the ongoing competition. If somebody has done something in some way, I have to outdo him. He had his wedding in a certain way, so I have to do it in a better style. And he's done something with a certain theme. So first there was something called theme weddings. Then now the theme went also old-fashioned. So now it became destination weddings. So now Allah knows best what next. It's just a time when the first person is going to say that we are having our wedding on the moon. 
then somebody else will say, we're going to Mars. So, this will never end. But, this is where the Hadith Sharif of Rasulullah comes, that, وَلَيَّمْلَ أَفَاهُ إِلَّا التراب. And the person is the same rat race. The only thing that stops it then is the sand of the grave. But then it's too late to make amends. The person already laid in the grave. So, this was the advice of Rasulullah And then, as he was about to depart, Nabi gave him this advice. He had already mounted the animal, put his leg into that stirrup, and is about to depart. And Nabi Islam says to him, Ahsin khuluqaka linnas. O Muaz, adopt good akhlaq with the people. Adopt good akhlaq with everyone. How much of emphasis is this on, on this akhlaq? Akmalul mu'minina imanan. Ahsanuhum khuluqa. The person with the most perfect iman is the person with the best akhlaq. And then to further highlight it, Nabi Islam then says immediately, وَخِيَارُكُمْ خِيَارُكُمْ لِنِسَائِهِمْ The best among you is the one who is best to his wife. These, these last few words, we should be learning it and daily, morning, evening, repeating the sabak. وَخِيَارُكُمْ خِيَارُكُمْ لِنِسَائِهِمْ Maybe write it, but just write it and keep it somewhere where only you see it. Because if everybody sees it, then they'll remind you. But this is the advice, this is the lesson that Rasulullah Wasallam gave. That if you want to be close to Rasulullah Wasallam, it will not happen without good akhlaq. And the place where that good akhlaq is most to be practiced on is within the four walls of the home. That's the first place where to practice that good akhlaq. And with everybody else. So Nabi Wasallam gave him this advice. Then, there are many other details in this. Nabi Wasallam instructed him to mount... And as he is now slowly riding along, Nabi Islam is walking alongside him. And then he says to him something that shook him. And he said to him that, O oh Mu'az, perhaps when you return, Asa Allah talqani ba'da ami haza, O oh Mu'az, perhaps you are not going to meet me again. And when you do return, وَلَعَلَّكَ أَن تَمُرَّ بِمَسْجِدِ هَذَا وَقَبْرِي Mu'az, when you return, you will pass by my masjid and my grave. This was not any indication of some very vague indication. This was spelling it out in clear terms. That this is the last time we are going to meet. We are not going to see each other again. Can we imagine what would have gone through the heart of Hazrat Mu'az He broke down crying and he is weeping profusely. Nabi Wasallam out of... He also turned away so that Mu'az doesn't see him tearing now. Because as it is, he is in such a emotional situation, Nabi Sallallahu turns away. But then to console him, he says something which was a consolation for him, and consolation for every ummati till qiyamah. Nabi Sallallahu says, Inna awla nasi bi al-muttaqoon. Man kanu wa haythu kanu. That the whole emotion at this moment, Nabi Sallallahu was still going to be around in dunya for a short while, but Hazrat Mu'az is not going to see him again. This was a parting now for them. So now he's going away far. This is the last time that he's seeing Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This distance already is now such an emotional moment. So Rasulullah Sallallahu consoled him. That look, you are so emotional about now being parted. But remember, The people closest to me, the people closest to me are the muttaqun, those who have taqwa in their lives. Whoever it may be, Wherever he may be. He might be in the furthest point of the earth. He might be somebody in the North Pole or South Pole. He might be somebody living in the jungles of Africa. He might be somebody living in any other part of the world. But if he has taqwa in him, he is closest to me. And somebody can be right in Madina Munawara. He can be standing right at the Rosa Mubarak. But if he is without taqwa, he is very far away. So a person who wants this closeness to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa this is the prescription that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa himself gave. That if you want to be close, the prescription is taqwa. Every person wants to be close to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa Again the same theme of taqwa, the month of Ramadan is for this taqwa. This is what the whole purpose and the whole, the whole effort is all about, about adopting this taqwa. May Allah wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that all these advices we bring into our lives. 
we practice on these things. And as mentioned, this doesn't just come by hearing it once, it's something to reflect on, time and again, to reflect on, take one, two things at a time, reflect upon it repeatedly, until it settles deep down in the heart, and start reflecting upon how much we are practicing it, then as we take on most aspects in this manner, gradually we'll find inshallah these things will become part of our first nature. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Shahid was late and it's quite bit of time gone inshallah today we'll just make dua. Allah ta'ala give us tawfiq inshallah. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nafsi thana'an alayk anta kama asnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu. يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا تبفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان واجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله